Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. You know the devil is a thief. The devil is a thief. The Bible doesn't call him a robber. It calls him a thief. Because a thief is not armed. A robber is. A thief sneaks in on you. He roars like a lion, the Bible says. Seeking whom he may devour. means he doesn't or he cannot devour everyone. He's a thief. Snakes. Jesus Christ calls him a deceiver. Calls him a thief. Calls him... Um, Satan, we cause him all kinds, but we know it's subtle. And they will try over and over to steal things from you. You can steal your project, you can steal your job, you can steal your money, uh, you can steal many things, but there's something they can't steal from you, and that's the joy that you have in Jesus. Can I announce to you that when he tries to steal those things, what is exactly targeting is your joy in Jesus. Because it doesn't need your phone. When the devil steals your phone, it's time to steal your joy. Because the moment, it, how, many of you have, how many of you, your phone has been stolen before? Let me see. You know what happened to you? Instantly. It's as if your phone has been stolen five times. That's the number of grace. You are graced. <laughs> Do we need that fan? You guys are hot. The moment it tries to steal anything from you, it's going for your joy. Is going for your confidence in Jesus. So it makes you feel like God doesn't love you enough. That's why your, stone was, your phone was stolen. <laughs> if God really loves you, you'll be paying your tithes, paying your tithes, paying your offering. How can you pay your tithes? How can this still be able to steal your phone? You know, it does all those kind of things because it's trying to target your joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, that strength that you have, that's what it's targeting. It comes to create doubts in your heart. It makes you feel like God doesn't love you really. I've told you over and over again, that's all he does, creates doubts, raises questions. He said to Eve, Eve, did God really say you shouldn't eat out of that tree? Did God really say that? Did God say that? So Jesus was here, baptized. The Holy Ghost came down and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well placed. How many of you know that Jesus hadn't done a miracle when God said that? He hadn't cast out a devil. He hadn't even overcome the devil in the wilderness. Jesus hadn't done anything when God proclaimed him as son. So God's, pro, God's declaration was not inched on the performance of anything. Are you following me? So it's not about what you even did. It's about what God did. And so he called him a son without even healing the sick or raising any dead. And 40 days down the line, after he's been fasting, Satan comes on the 40th day and says, if you are the son of God, turn the stones to bread. So he 
is trying to question his sonship. You know, God said 40 days before that you are my son. I mean, remember God said that. And so he says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. What is he saying? He's trying to bring the, the fact or the reality of his identity as God's son within the ambit of his performance. So if you cannot turn the stones to bread, then you're not God's son. Are you following me? So if you cannot do this, if you cannot do that, if you don't have a job, if you don't have a baby, if you don't have a car, if you don't have a house, if you don't have a land, if you don't have this, if you don't have that, then how come you are God's son? It's not possible because if you are God's son, then you should have a job. If you are God's son, then you should have a car. If you are God's son, then you should have traveled abroad. So it inches your sonship on performance and that's an absolute lie. Because job or no job, you are God's son. Baby or no baby, you are God's son. So Jesus Christ says, shut up. Man shall not live by bread alone by the word of God. Again, it comes to meet him because he says, at that time of need, how many of you have had needs in your life and you were expecting God to show up? You know, I could almost act as Satan. I could say, Jesus, Jesus, see, you are hungry. 40 days. You, how can the son of God be hungry? You, son of God. Elijah said that I was not the son of God. God was commanding ravens to feed him in the wilderness. Look at you. And you call yourself a son of God. The next time anybody tells you that you call yourself a son, God say, no, he was the one that called me his son. I didn't call myself his son. It was God that says, you are my son. Jesus Christ didn't say, you are my father. He says, you are my son. And that's it. Claimed perfectly. So it's not in the performance. So when it comes to steal your joy, tell him, I've got something more than gold. Something more than job. Something more than a child. Something more than an husband. Something more than a baby. I've got something much, much more. And that something is untouchable. You can't touch it. Something more than good. Would you put those hands together and celebrate just one more time? Amen. I have in the house today my very beloved friend, Chinedu. You won't want me to do this, but let's celebrate my friend, Chinedu. Don't mind the gray hair. Don't mind the gray hair. This is a young man. She said it's good to have you in church this evening. Why is my leather? <laughs> Thank you, Chinedu. I really appreciate it. Amy, I'll be celebrating my wife too. My wife is too Isaiah chapter 45, quickly. Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 1. The Bible says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed. Isaiah 45 from verse 1. Then celebrate yourselves to you in church this evening. Come on. Your own should be louder now. It's yourself. It's yourself. Louder. Humility. It's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. <laughs> 45 verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyprus, whose right hand I have held. Did you see that? He said to Cyprus, whose right hand I have holden, King James says. To subdue nations before him, and I would lose the loins of kings to open before him the two lived gates, and the gates shall not be shut. So you see that God holds the hands of Cyprus, but God is the one that is opening the gates, is the one that is doing that, doing this. But people see the hand of Cyprus, not knowing that there's a hand behind the hand of Cyprus. Don't ever mistake the things that are flowing through you to be flowing from you. Don't ever forget that whatever you see, whatever achievement you see, there is a God behind the act. He says, I'm holding his hands. So before him, I will do this. I will lose the loins of kings. I will open before him the two little gates. And the gates will not be sure. Give me verse 2 quickly. Verse 2. I would go before him. You see that? He said, I would go before thee and I will make the crooked way straight. I would go. But God is invisible. But I would go before you. I would break in pieces the gates of wrath. And caught in asunder the bars of iron. So you see what God's going to do through Cyprus? He's going to go before Cyprus. People don't see God, but they see Cyprus. And they're wondering, why does he get everything done so easily? God is going before him. Verse 3, and I will give you the treasures of darkness. Hallelujah. 
and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I the Lord which called thee by thy name I'm the God of Israel verse 4 for Jacob my servant's sake and for Israel mine elect so you see all this was done for who? for Jacob don't ever forget the reason why God blesses you why does he bless you? For Jacob, Jacob, Israel, covenant, his people, his church, his kingdom on earth. That's why he gives you promotion at your job. That's why he gives you that expansion you'll be praying for. That's why he puts money in your hand. That's why he gives you everything that you have. I'm not saying that you carry everything and give to church. Don't miss me. Don't miss. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you understand the reason behind this. It's for his kingdom. The influence he gives to you is for his kingdom. There's a, li there's a limit to what you can do outside influence. There's a limit. No matter how prayerful you are, Joseph could not have turned the heart of Pharaoh by prayer. He had to turn it by wisdom. And if he was not in a position where he can reach or access, or he can reach Pharaoh, he would never have had that. There's a place for Mordecai and there's a place for Anna. Mordecai can be praying, but Anna needed to go before the king. There's a limit to what you can do without influence. So you know why he put you in that palace. You know why he put you in that place. It's for his kingdom. I said over and over, don't miss this breaking new grounds. It's not for selfish purposes. It's not for selfish reasons. It's not for you to wear the next Gucci, the next, um, give me the name of the time. Eh? Valenciaga. What? Versace. It's not, I don't know it, I don't wear them. I'm sorry. Louis, it's not Louis. That's the way they call it. What do they call it? It's a Louis Vuitton. That's the way they call it. It's a, a, a baby man. All right. How do they call it? Louis. They don't call it. They don't call it Louis Vuitton. Eh? Eh? La Buena Vida. Okay. All right. He's not giving you all that so that you can quickly enrich yourself and quickly change your house, quickly change your car, quickly change everything. That's not why. Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good that I may be able to save many people alive. That's the reason. People, kingdom, life. When God sees that your heart is tuned towards that, it would make you a channel. And I said over and over, that's for the kingdom. And I started talking about the mind, the fact that your mind needed to be enlarged. I needed to do this recap. It's important. That your mind needed to be enlarged. Your heart needs to be enlarged. You need to know that there's nothing impossible with God. I spoke about the fact that you have to expose yourself to what God is doing with others. He said, look to Abraham, your father. I called him alone and I blessed him. What has God done? What's your expectation? What's your anticipation? What are you looking to God for? And what is your desire? And what have you exposed yourself to? You need to understand that this is possible. This morning when we read the book of Luke, we read Luke chapter 16 today. That's what we read today. The Bible says that the poor man sat at the feet of the rich man, his name is Lazarus. He sat at the feet of the rich man and he desired to eat the crumbs from his table. That's why he ate it till he died. He said he desired it because your exposure will tune your desire. If you're not aware of a life above what you are living, you will not be able to desire even or experience or even to reproduce it. If I don't know it's possible to live a life without death, live a life. You know, of holiness, of righteousness, live a life of prayerfulness. I wouldn't know that it's possible. It's possible not to have a 10 minutes prayer life. 
it's possible to have a strong prayer life. It's possible to have a strong study life. And if you have not exposed yourself to people who are walking the reality of what you're expecting, you may never be able to desire it. So I work with people who are better than me. I expose myself to their works. I've said over and over again that what I did with SLC is that I did not sit down with people who I was better than. I did sit down with people who looked up to me. I don't do that. If you are the best in your group, you are the sharpest, you are the smartest, you are the cutest, you are the, you are, you are the most brilliant, then it's time for you to change that group. Because then you will, become, you will just go play too. You are the best. Before you know it, you are going back. You have to stay in that position of people that steer you up. So I stay in that people that are better than me, pray more than me. If I just book a shit, one of my mentors prays more than me. He said, Philip, you must learn to pray. Pray in tongues one hour. I couldn't pray more than 10 minutes. I mean, after I've prayed and prayed and prayed, you won't believe it. I couldn't pray more than 10 minutes. I prayed for Nigeria, prayed for West Africa, prayed for Africa, prayed for Antarctica, prayed for Ocean, prayed for New Zealand. I prayed for the whole world, world. Check the time, it's 10 minutes. What happened? Why is the time so slow? And yet, when I'm playing games, it's so fast. When I'm watching movies, it's so fast. When I'm chatting away with my friends, it's so fast. When I began to pray, it becomes so slow. I couldn't pray more than 10 minutes. Keep playing. <laughs> but I met someone who could pray better than me. Expose myself to it. How do you do it? How do you do it? So everything you're doing, you have to expose yourself to someone who's better. I said expose your mind. I talk about exposure. I talk about education. I spoke about, what the third one I spoke about? Education. I spoke about experiencing it. You work in it. Walking. So I told you, I went to redeem camp. I walked around it. The Bible said to Abraham, God said to Abraham, He said, Walk the length and the breadth of it. He said, For I will give it to you. Feel it. How does it feel like? I told my wife yesterday, I said, In five years, we'll be passed only 3,000, minimum 3,000 membership. In five years, minimum 3,000. And that's one of the branches. I mean, branch. 5,000. I told her yesterday, I said, Do you know I'm already. Feeling what it looks like to be a pastor of a 5,000 member. Because if it doesn't enter my heart, it can't enter my life. As a man thinks in his heart, no matter God's intention for him, no matter God's plan for him, he will be reduced to his thoughts. It will, he can't think, God, can do more, God cannot do more than that. Because that's what you expose yourself to. So if you sit down with people who are always talking about economic problem, Problem upon problem, another problem, another problem, and, they talk, and that's all you talk about before you know it, it will, it will, it will carve your reality. Expose, educate yourself. I spoke about educating your mind. Ensure that your mind is equipped to deliver what you are dreaming. Because the dream of a lazy man will weary him. Every day, dream, 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 dream. I have a dream, I have a dream. But you must, you must execute your dream by equipping your mind with information. That would make sure that you are able to deliver on what you are dreaming. How, how sharp is your mind? How educated is your mind? Are you, are you abreast of the facts of your chosen field? I'm abreast of the facts of my chosen field. When I go for books, I go for 2021 books. I told my wife, 2021 books. Books on leadership, 2021. Book on church growth, 2021. Books on church administration, 2021. What's happening now, 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 now? What's happening now? Because there's something called obsolete excellence. Excellent that nobody needs anymore. You have built a very beautiful Sabbath cafe. You rug it. The overnight browsing, very sharp. You're on your own. Nobody needs it. The laptop, 
is very powerful. Overnight browser. Very powerful printer and scanner. Your Microsoft Word is very fast. Nobody needs it. Nobody needs it. Overnight browsing. Two hours, 150. Three hours, 200. Nobody needs it. You made it very affordable. Nobody needs it. You rock the entrance. You put, you put welcome to the world's biggest cyber cafe. Nobody will need it. It's obsolete. It's obsolete. They call it obsolete excellence. You are being excellent at what nobody needs anymore. You're doing it very well. And nobody needs it. Educate your mind. Because God cannot do more than. I told you on Sunday, I said your mind is as powerful as your spirit. Pastor Bible says that be ye transformed by the renewing, not the removing of your mind. The renewing. You know, the renewing is a continuous verb. That means you have to continue doing it. Renewing your mind. The Holy Ghost is not a substitute for your brain. The Holy Ghost is an augmentation of your brain. You should think better now that you have the Holy Ghost. You should think faster now that you have the Holy Ghost. You should think smarter now that you have the Holy Ghost. You should not become more daft now that you have the Holy Ghost than you were before the Holy Ghost. You should not anoint your CV with oil. And say so you break every spirit of disfavor. And submit it. I wonder why they refused you. On Sunday, I spoke about fear. Fear. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. It says, Only be thou courageous. Hmm, only be thou courageous. Only. What's the meaning of only? Alone. That's what you need. Only be thou courageous. Because there will be giants on the land. There will be existing. There is no land God will promise you that will be idle. There will be no land. If you see any idle land, run away from it. It's not from God. Because the enemy will be taking occupation of everything God has promised you. It is normal. It's scriptural. You must, you must combat the enemy. You must. You must compete with the enemy. You must. Every kingdom has occupiers. Every place has occupiers. This city, this land, this space. This will say to space. Come to here. I compete with every spirit in the air. There are spirits that compete in people's mind. You will not hear what he's saying. You will not hear what he's saying. They are there. They are all over. Why? Because the spirit of the power of the air. They are there. Because I'm using the air. And they are there. Say, so you must not hear. Be thinking of money. Be thinking of bread. Be thinking of what rice, rice we are going to eat this evening. That's what you should be thinking about. Have you put it on fire? Are you sure there's beans around? You, see, you are there. Your mind is everywhere. So before I came, I prayed against those. There are tons. Tons that, comp that, that compete with the seed. They'll be giants. Strong giants. They'll be big. They won't be small. God will never promise you anywhere there'll be small giants there. Big giants. I spoke about fear. I said, fear is not a feeling. Fear is not an emotion. You should not take fear casually. You should refuse fear. I refuse to fear. The enemy paints a future of joblessness before you. Paints a future of helplessness, a future of sickness, a future of you being carried in a wheelchair. He paints it before you. You are seeing it. He paints a picture of you having, you know, re uh, rheumatism or having arthritis in your old age. Paints a future of you not being able to see cataract. He's painting before you and you are, you are, you are saying, hey, God forbid. You will refuse to fear. 
Fear is a spirit. It's a force. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came that he may deliver all those who through the fear of death were subject to bondage all their lives. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a bondage. Fear is a prison. Fear has kept people from being all that God wanted them to be. Not because God didn't promise them, but because they were afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid. It creeps in on you. Have you, have you felt that fear before? It creeps in. My father died of diabetes. And one of the symptoms of diabetes, Dr. Lloyd, we have, we have quite a number of doctors in the house. Then we start having, um, yes, then I started having sugar hands in my toilet. Sugar hands, I mean, full in the toilet. And I know my father died. So there's, there's knowledge because with hearing comes faith and with hearing comes fear. You cannot be afraid of what you've not heard. We're not afraid of COVID-19 until we heard it. You're not afraid of HIV until we heard it. Nobody's afraid of what they have not heard. That's why the terrorists put all their activities online. So you hear it. You see it. That fear can grip your heart. It's a strategy. So I noticed that in the toilet, in my toilet at home, sugar ants were creeping in, in our toilet. In my toilet in the office, sugar ants were creeping in. Because in the mouth of two toilets, it was established. You feel the fear. You know what it is, don't you? That's it killed daddy, didn't it? And you know, doctors will tell you, if it's in your daddy, it's a strong possibility. But the Bible says, call no man on earth your father. For ye have just one father in heaven. What it means is that what cannot kill God cannot kill you. What cannot be found in his health system cannot be found in your health system. There's a change of paternity. We owe that argument constant. We owe the argument, genealogical argument constant, saying that what is found in the father has a strong possibility of being found in the child. We agree, but what we are saying is that there's a change of fatherhood. Fear crept in on me. One day my friend came out of the office, toilet. He said, ha, these sugar hands in this toilet. Hey, everybody go and check yourself home. If you are the one, it will be in your toilet at home too. Satan said, that's you, that's you, that's you. He said, shut up, you devil. Got up and went to the ants. I said, listen, ye ants, hear the voice of the Lord. Bible says, you shall have faith as a mustard seed. You don't speak to God, you speak to the mountain. You don't speak to God, you speak to the mountain. You don't speak to God about your issue. You speak to your, you speak to your issue about your God. You speak to your mountain about your God. Hear hey! You devils. Out. Never to gather here again. Went to my toilet at home. In the name of Jesus, you ants. Scatter. It's been three years now. They never gathered again. I never went to the hospital. I never checked myself. The ants never gathered. Because every symptom is an offer. Dr. Lloyd, every symptom is an offer. So I say, what do you think? Would you like to have breast cancer? You check it. What do you think? How do you feel? Should we go on? So say, no! In the name of Jesus, I refuse to fear. Fear is a spirit. It creeps in on you. You feel it chilly. Your air can be standing. People have stayed back at wrong jobs because of fear. People stay back in marriages, relationships. I said on Sunday, because of fear. People have stayed back in places. They made no progress in their lives because of fear. 
because of fear. It's bondage. It has a voice. It speaks to you. It speaks death. It speaks illness. It speaks sickness. It speaks a lot. And I said on Sunday, the first fear I dealt with was the fear of making a mistake. I'm going to deal with the fear of failure and the fear of people tonight. The fear of making a mistake. That's common among Christians. There's a scripture we read, Pastor Fumi, Luke chapter 16. We read, because the people of the world are more smarter than the people in the kingdom. You see, this fear of making a mistake is a bondage for believers. People in the world don't think too much before they take steps. They think fast. They make decisions faster. You get better at your decision making as you make decisions more often. And the most important decisions of your life must be taken alone. Do you hear what I said? Stop going about prophet unto prophet unto prophet asking for everybody's opinion. You will soon be confused. So the Bible said in, in Luke chapter 16, my wife was reading to me a message translation today. It said, You have to be streetwise. That's Jesus Christ speaking. He <laughs> said, The children of the king of the world, they know better. So you sit down. Fear of making a mistake. This song I want to sing, is it from the Lord? Is it from the Lord? Is it from the Lord? Lord, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't, and you stayed there 10 years. And God, I told you, my son, I put a voice in your mouth. Open it. Let it bless the world. So now you have five songs. And you are praying. Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Should I bring out first? Which one is my first fruit? Which one? Which one? And you are there. Another 10 years. You don't want to make a mistake. It's a very strong fear. I've seen people. I've dealt with people. I'm a pastor. I've seen people ask questions. What if? What if? I don't know what God... But God has given an instruction. My son, my daughter, go ahead. Go and get it done. That's what they call a general instruction. That's what they call a follow-up requirement. You should understand by yourself that a general instruction and it's a follow-up requirement. For instance, God said I should pastor a church. He didn't tell me where to put the puppets. If I say, Lord, where would the puppet be? Lord, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to put it in the wrong place. Where is the, spir where is the spiritual significance? Where will the oil be oozing out from? At what location? I'll be there. I'll be there. But you know, as funny as that is, that's what a lot of people are doing. They don't take a step. Their life is wasting away. I tell them something that Paul did not say in any of his letters that God told me to write this letter. He didn't say it. The Bible says that men were moved. Somebody say moved. You are waiting to hear. You have been moved. Men were moved to write the scriptures. They did not hear to write the scriptures. How many times have you been moved and you have been waiting for a voice and your movement is wasted? There's a moving in your heart. You're waiting for a voice. There's a moving in your spirit. You're waiting for a voice. At the moving of the river, there's healing released. But you're waiting for a voice and your life is wasting because you are ignoring the movement. Men were moved by the Holy Ghost. They didn't hear a voice. They were moved. Are you moved? Is there a voice in your spirit moving you? But you say, Lord, I don't want to make a mistake. Start that thing. Start that thing. This is the land. Buy this land. This is where to put your money. You say, no. I'm waiting for a move. I'm waiting for a voice. So you begin a four-day fast. Until I see a fire. Until I see a vision, I will not make a move. You see, I don't make a move until I hear clearly from the Lord. You will be there. You will be there. 
until I hear the Lord speak to me and two, three, four people confirm it, I will not make a move. You'll be there. Are you feeling the moving in your heart already and you're ignoring it? You're ignoring it. You're feeling that nudge in your spirit. My son, my daughter, this is destiny. This is destiny. This is destiny. You're allowing it waste away on the, on the fact that you're waiting for a voice to be heard. Can I tell you that God did not speak to me to start SLC? You know, I've told you, mentors, I've been vulnerable with you guys. I don't lie. I don't lie to you. I did not hear a voice and I did not see a vision. I had a movement. And I started SLC. And you are here now because I moved when I was moved. I didn't see a vision. If I set up Bishop Edubo, I said, you had 18 hour vision. The hour is come to liberate the world from all afflictions of mankind. And I'm sending you to undertake this task. <laughs> if I sit down there and say, until I have an 18 hour vision, I will not move. I will die there. Life is wasting away. You're waiting for a voice. Some people are ignoring the voice in their community. Your, your community is shouting at you. Children around you are shouting at you. There are needs everywhere. Shouting at you. Nehemiah didn't hear from God. He said, I saw that the gates of Jerusalem were burned down and the walls broken. And my heart was moved. And an ordinary cup bearer became a governor because he moved when he felt moved. He felt making a mistake. What if, what if? I said to you, I said, Paul's second missionary journey is third Barnabas, let us go. Paul will go about. The Holy Ghost had to stop Paul. Hmm? The Holy Ghost had to stop Paul. Because Paul already made up his mind. Jesus said to Paul, Pastor, for me, every Gentile, I'm sending to Gentiles. There's a general instruction. Where did God send him to? Gentiles. That made every Gentile his assignment. If he sees any Gentile, that's my Gentile. He doesn't say, Lord, which Gentile? Which Gentile? Which Gentile? There's already an instruction. Go to Gentiles. There's an instruction to preach the gospel. Some of you are waiting to feel led before you preach the gospel. I say, if you, feel, if you are waiting to feel led, just put a bullet in your pocket, put your hand there and feel led. Because you don't need to feel led to preach the gospel. You are giving a commandment to preach the gospel. So Paul sees every Gentile as his assignment. If there's any Gentile that God didn't want Paul to preach to, God had better told Paul not to preach. Because he's going to, this Paul will preach to every Gentile he sees. I don't want to make a mistake traveling abroad. <laughs> I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> oh God. If you feel moved, move. If you feel moved, If God doesn't want you to go, he will tell you. Isaac was to leave the land. God says, stay in the land. Hmm? Stay in the land. And God said to Abraham, leave the land. <laughs> so the destruction of the father does not affect the son. The father, the father was born here. Does not mean he was born children here. It's not a generational thing. Every man on his own. Listen to me. Don't allow anybody use spiritual manipulation to steal away your destiny. Told you here. You know what they told me? When I was going to start this. They said that Jesus appeared to them to start the church. That Jesus Christ climbed the staircase 
to come there. And how did they know? Because people were greeting him on the way he was supposed to come. And so they said there must be a particular way that God must speak to you. And there's no particular way that God must speak to you. There's no particular way. He might choose to speak anyhow. Sometimes we, sh- we miss out on his voice because we have the predetermined model in our mind that this must be the way he will speak. The fear of making a mistake will shut you down. The fear of making the wrong decisions. Can I announce to you that you are going to make wrong decisions? Settle it in your mind. You are not going to get all your decisions correctly. You must make some decisions. Experience is the basis for good judgment. And most times, most experience comes from bad judgment. People learn mistakes from their mistakes more than they have people learn from their successes. And everyone who's invested a billion will know that he, missed, he lost some millions. Everyone who's gained a particular amount of money will know there's no way. There's no way. That's how life is. You learn, you learn, you learn, you learn. You're going to make wrong decisions. Settle it in your mind this year. You're going to make wrong decisions. And God's going to be there to help you out of it. He loves you. He's not going to sit down somewhere and say, you did not ask of me before you went ahead. I will let you suffer greatly. <laughs> so that when you suffer, next time, when you're about to make a move, you, it will be clear to you to stay before my presence, bow this your coconut head, and let me speak to you. <laughs> God will not say that. God will not say that. I told you the story about how my two daughters... There's a place in my, behind my house that was a cracked ground. It was not even cracked big enough to carry them, to swallow them. Just a small crack. But my mom said, hey, if, they, if they keep hitting on this thing, it may, the crack may get bigger. So I gave them instruction. I don't want to hear any voice, anybody. I don't want to see anybody in that backyard. Nobody was good there. That's an instruction to my children. One day I heard their voice at the backyard. I said, wow, Tino, Tima, where is that? I came up, come back. God said, ah. You are very passionate about your children. I said, yes. Those girls, they want to put me inside trouble. They are going to fall inside this place. God said, so if you are a father being evil, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father in heaven? So you know how to scream out. You didn't say, those girls, let them fall inside that place. When they fall, they will learn. You know, I didn't think like that. You have to be daring. If something is fear, say it's fear. Don't say God told me. Just zoom in. This is fear. I'm afraid of this thing. When you confront it as fear, you have a heart for it. So what's God asking you to do this year? You may never hear a voice. You may never see a vision. When I was going to start the first conference I held, I was like those four lepers. I said, why sit we here till we die? I'd resigned from my office. I was there at home. I was not doing ministry. Out of frustration, I got up. I said, ah, I want to hold the conference. I want to hold the conference. That was it. I just, I'm going to hold the conference. I'm not sitting down again. Why sit we here? I think that's one of the most powerful scriptures to me that year in the scripture. Why sit we here till we die? So I got up and organized a conference. I called in volunteers. Any volunteer, please join me, volunteers. We have had about the third or the fourth meeting. God now began to speak. What I'm going to do in that meeting, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that in that meeting. I, I said, Lord, ah, are you talking now? God said, it is when you took action that I know you are serious. I'm not going to talk before you move. You will hear a voice behind you. You will hear a voice behind you. You have moved. 
You didn't get that. Don't move. Wait. Life is going. Number two, fear of failure. What if it fails? What if it succeeds? We won't know what we do it. Fear of failure. God said to Joshua, Joshua chapter one, He said, "I would go, and I would do this. I would do that. I would bring them down." He said, "Only be thou courageous." Joshua was afraid because we didn't know. We didn't know that Joshua was afraid. Even though that we had a conversation, we are privy to the conversation between Joshua and God. Because until Joshua chapter eight, we still God, we still see God saying, "Only be thou courageous." In Joshua chapter eight, in Joshua chapter ten. We see God saying, only be thou courageous. What is started from Joshua chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. He kept saying it in Joshua chapter 10. But nobody would have known that Joshua was a coward because he never showed it. But we saw that God kept addressing the issue of fear in his heart. If we didn't see that in scriptures, we would never have believed that Joshua was a fearful person. Fear that it will fail. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times and gets up again. Of course, there will be times that you fail. And there will be people that have failed around you. Bible says, look at Abraham. Don't look at failures. Look at Abraham. Look at the successes. Keep your eyes on the successes. When I went to start church, there was a pastor who was close to me. Powerful man who started church seven times. Started church four times. Closed it four times. I told you about the pastor. Four times. Powerful. His wife has come to preach in our church before. He started church four times. Closed it four times. If I mention this, some people might even know it. Satan said, do you not think that you are more anointed than me? Because Satan would never give you pictures of successes. Satan will never show you pictures of successes. He'll show you pictures of failures. But the Bible says, who should you look at? He said, look at Abraham. I called him alone and I blessed him. So while he was showing me the picture of pastor so-so and so who had started church four times and closed it, I chose the picture to look at. I went to pick the picture of Bishop Oedeko and paste it on my wardrobe. I said, this is what I choose to look at. This is what I choose to look at. I choose to look at this. A picture of Billy Graham, a picture of Raynan Bonke, a picture of Pastor Paul Nietzsche. I put the picture of uh, Miles Monroe. These are people who have touched the world with the church ministry. I want to put my eyes on that. What's the people who have made it in your business, in your chosen part of, you know, career, whatever you're doing? What people have made it and are doing very well in it? And Stan is painting pictures of those are You know that they are charging and being lawyers in this world. If you go to a Kedja, you might never allow your children to study law. You don't know. Their shirt will be brown. <laughs> brown. You think it's brown shirt? Splattered with stains of sweat. Their wig will be forgotten. The wig will be like this. I'm telling you, the, the, the rolls will have fallen off. Their gown will be, is black, but it will not be brown. Gold color. You see them in the Kedja? The, the police are there messing them up. Hey, shut up, be lawyer. Hey, and you are in, you are in, you are in part two, permit of law, and you are seeing your future. We can choose what to look at. There are lawyers in this city that have private jets. The same profession. You can choose to look at those ones. Don't you know? There's a lawyer very op uh, opposite. Um, it's a clean money, clean money, not stolen money. Clean money. People are doing clean business. I told you, there are people are doing clean business in this country. They are not stealing money. Clean business. Somebody sat down like this and was spraying money. And I counted the dollars. Hundred dollars. 
and I counted about 50 pieces. I don't know his name. He's not a politician. He's not even loud. You know, and I told myself that day, I, told, I, said, I said, God. Because the lady, that, the bride that was dancing, she didn't dance too much. Just, she didn't dance, eh, all those, eh, all those, all those, all those, all those, just there. Just doing like that. I said, Lord, the kind of work I will do this year, that I will not stress, that I will just, I will be shaking like this. And they will give me money, that's what I want. Clean money! They didn't steal it. There are businesses that are pure in this country. You don't have to steal. You can put those before you. You don't have to put thieves in front of you. Fear of failure. What if it doesn't work? What if it fails? And I said to you that I'm going to go and talk about the fear of people. I'm going to, I'm going to explain this better and I'm coming to that. Satan will paint pictures of failure before you. So when you see failure in front of you, be aware that this is Satan. This is not God. Anytime you see failure in front of you, this is Satan. This is not God. You are going to fail. This is Satan. Because God does not speak to his children by fear. If God doesn't want you to do a business, he will not show you failure. He will tell you, don't do that business. Period. He will show you people of people that their business collapse. As a proof not to do it. Because it does not need... Fear is not... God says God is love. And the perfect love casts out fear. There's no love. There's no fear in love. God does not tell us. If he doesn't want to travel, he will not show you pictures of accidents. 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 People that their head have cut off. Their hand have cut off. He will show you all that. That's dread. That's satanic. God will tell you, don't travel. He doesn't speak with fear. So he doesn't speak with the fear of failure. When you're having fear, it's not, hey, 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 hey. You are not being spoken to by God. You are being intimidated by Satan. If he doesn't want you to go, he will tell you not to go. He told Paul, he said, Paul, don't go to Asia. He didn't show him how they kill him there. He said, don't go to, don't go to Asia. Don't go to Bithynia. He said to Moses, don't pass there, don't pass this. He said to Abraham, don't do this, stay here. He doesn't show them how they are going to cut their neck. He doesn't do that. And even when Paul knew that he was going to be bound on some foot, in Jerusalem, he said, I am bound in the spirit. Because even though he was going to be bound and that was what God wanted him to do. He said, I'm bound in the spirit to go there. Because if it, the word of wisdom, I taught this before, I taught it last year. The word of wisdom is not instruction. The word of wisdom is a revelation of the future. It doesn't say go or don't go. The word of wisdom, the gift of the word of wisdom describes the future, but doesn't give you an instruction. This is what's going to happen. Jesus says, I'm going to be killed in Jerusalem. And I'm going to be crucified. He didn't say, don't go or go. Instruction is different from revelation. Instruction is either go. It can be turbulent because it's go. He said to the disciples, say, go to the other side. The Bible says he had to compel them to go because right from the beginning of their journey, they could see that there was going to be a storm. If not, they would not have used that word, he compelled them to go. They are sailors. They are, they are fishermen. They've been here for a while. They sailed on the Sea of Galilee. So they knew that something wrong was going to happen. The Bible says he compelled them, go, go like that, go. Even though they saw a storm coming, he said, go. The fact that it's a storm doesn't mean that God didn't want you to, God doesn't want you to do it. A storm, the presence of a storm is not the absence of God. The fact that you're having trouble in your relationship or trouble in your marriage or trouble in your business does not mean that that's not the business God wants you to do. God does not speak to us by trouble. He doesn't speak to us by problems. He speaks to us by his word. He will say, don't go or go. The fact that you and your partner fell into sin while you are curtain doesn't mean that that relationship is not godly. It doesn't mean that that relationship did not come from God. Listen to me. 
if I'm courting with my wife and I fall into sin of fornication, because fornication is a sin. Someone say it's a sin. It's a sin. If I fall into sin of fornication with my wife before we're married, it didn't mean that that relationship is not from God. Are you following me? It meant that we allow Satan to deceive us. Do you know that it was Eve that gave Adam the fruit? Do you know that? Do you know? Are there feminists that say, no, please. Adam was the one that used his mouth to collect it from Eve's hand. Adam used his mouth to collect it. Eve did not give it to him. Eve gave Adam the fruit. Eve was the one that gave Adam the fruit and messed up their relationship with God. But you will not deny the fact that Eve was a gift from God. So the fact that you fell into sin does not mean that that relationship is not for... Did I make that sense clearly? So problems and outcomes are not the guarantee of God's leading. That I faced the problem. When I started SLC, I faced problem. I faced plenty of problem. When I was going to start SLC, we faced... I will always use SLC. I will not use my business. I have business, but I will not use my business. I will use it because we are here. When I was going to start this church, we have problem. Plenty problem. Another problem. Problem is shifting. Another problem will come up. But I know that God does not speak to me through problems. He doesn't use problem as a signal that I'm not the one there. He doesn't use storms. He doesn't use all those things as signals. So you must learn to take your eyes off those things that can be seen and put on the word of God that He spoke to. So fear of failure is from Satan. He will show you failure. God does not show you failure. God will give you instruction. Don't do it. Don't go into that business. Don't go there. But he will not show you pictures of those that failed in it, people that suffered when they, he will show you all that. When I was going to start church, Satan showed me how they're going to throw my children from school because I would not pay school fees. And there are pastors whose children have been thrown out of school. Are they not pastors? Are they not pastors like that? Answer me now. Does that mean that God did not call them? Absolutely not. So Satan showed me how to say, hey, why do you want the children to suffer? These children, they're just innocent children. They just came from God. But you want them to suffer. Why? So I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll go to my children's bedroom and I'll be looking at them like this. Satan will say, hmm. Well, they will soon be sent out of school. No matter what. So, that is home lesson or something. I just prepare. Who can we call? You know, and I'm there. And the pictures of failure are going from them. But I choose who to look at. Number three, and I'll end there, is the fear of people. Fear of people. There's a scripture I wanted to show you, but I didn't remember. It's in 1 Kings. I'm not sure if I, I kept it. First, okay, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. Help me. Who's there? 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. The Bible says, in Psalm 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, and Jonathan, now, before this happened, let me give you a background story to this. The Philistines had come over Israel and they had, they had created a siege around them. And everybody was there in captive. They couldn't walk, they couldn't move, they couldn't do anything. And the soldiers were just there. And see, see, see what Jonathan said. Jonathan called the young man and said, look, we can't keep sitting down here. We must do something. We can't keep sitting here. We must get something done. So he says, look. He said to the man, he said, come, let us go over to the garrison of this uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will walk for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Did you see that? Do you have NLT translation. Who has NLT translation? Who don't give me NLT? Do you have NLT? What does it say? Let's go across to the place of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, 
Perhaps the Lord will help us. Nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether you have many warriors or a few. So it starts with perhaps. So you see perhaps and you see he starts it with perhaps and hence with a good motive. God can do it. He can do it with many or few. But he says perhaps. So you see we are caught in between God's promises and God's perhaps. Perhaps that doubt, that doubt will always be in your heart. Till you go back to God, you will never be 100% sure what he wants you to do. Never. And if you wait till it is clear, 100%, you will not make a move. Because that's faith. Faith says you take a step without even, you don't know what's in the future. But you take a step based on his word. That perhaps, people are stuck with it. Maybe, maybe not. Fear of people. Now I said fear of failure is not a problem. It's actually fear of people because people are not afraid of failure. She said, the people fail in their life every day. Every day people fail. People fail and hide their failure. The problem is fear of being laughed at. They have started premarital counseling. Everybody see you. And I say, you are not doing again. You break up. Why are people hiding their boyfriend today? Sorry, to not spoil. That's you hide that it doesn't spoil. Why are they saying it should not spoil? If it was spoiling secrets, you know how many people are spoiled by secrets? <laughs> many what have passed under the bridge. You'll be shocked. Some people already, they started in relationship this year, they have already broken up this year. <laughs> and nobody knew. Every day, steadily. These people say, well, Allah, for the best way they can't come. You put, I know. The problem is that many water is passing under the bridge. But it's secret relationship. People are failing every day. The real problem is people. People are counting for you. Yeah, that one don't go again. One down, two down, three down. The problem is the people. The fear of what they would say has kept people on the same spot. Fear of people. Fear of people. What, what would they say? What would they say? What if they laugh at me? What if they mock me? God is calling you out to do something, but you're afraid. Why are you afraid? Because you're afraid that you'll be laughed at. What if he fails? If he fails, if he does that, if he does wrong, but then people are going to laugh at me. You came out and said you started selling wig. You came out, you started selling makeups. You started a um, business. You came out, came out to say my friends, but then if, if, if everything crumbled, then people say, ah, now wow, you can't even sustain a business. Now wow. You'll be shocked how miserable the people on your social media. If you see how dirty the leg of some of them are, and you're allowing yourself, your emotions, to be under because of such people. Some of you are under, you are, you are already depressed. Somebody that you don't even know unfollow you and you are depressed. You don't even know them. One person has follow you. You don't even know the human being from anywhere. And you are feeling sad. People are leaving me. People are leaving me. Do you know them before? You know them before. You don't even know them. And you're depressed. You're in pain. Fear of people. It's worse. What would they say? What would they think of me? Who cares what they think? Who cares what they think? Who cares? When you get to that point where God can move your heart, you take a step in spite of what people say. You put yourself out there. That's why you're not putting yourself out there because you're scared. What if it doesn't work? So you'd rather fail in secret. And I to stop winking in the dark. We can't see you. Put your business out there. Shout about it. Save from the rooftops. 
This is what the Lord is saying I should do. If we drown, we drown together. When I was leaving our church, I didn't leave secretly. I left with a bang. With two that should have left. Two of us should have left. I told him when I left. I said, look, when I leave, pastor will call you and begin to speak to you. I said, you have to make up your mind what you want to do. When I was leaving, I put a banner out in no grass service. I couldn't go back. It either fails or I fail with it. I'm not coming back here. You get my point? I have already put a line for myself because then I put a, a, a loud noise about it. I will go ahead long to ensure it succeeds. The reason why you are having choices and you are failing is because nobody knew you started it. So your efforts are not strong. Your emphasis, Jesus Christ came, Luke chapter 4. He says, this day, this scripture is filling in your mouth, it's filling in your ears. He said, the Lord is upon me, he has called me to preach, to, you know, to open, to, to, to help, to mend broken hearts. He said, he said, this day is a scripture fulfilling your ears. He proclaimed who he was. He had to perform it. He couldn't hide. But you are, the reason why you are failing repeatedly is because you are not putting your heart into it. And the reason why you are putting your heart into it is that you didn't make it public. And this is why you don't make it public. It's because you are afraid people will laugh at you. So I left, two of us. I told him, I said, you better do what you want to do. I'm not going to move you to leave, but you know what to do. So when I left, bam, bam. Hey, Philip is going, blah, 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 blah. We started ourselves. He sneaked out. He didn't tell anybody. He sneaked. When he sneaked out, he's back there now. You know why he said for him to go back? We didn't know he left. One of the reasons why your businesses will crumble that we didn't know you started it. Your relationship will crumble. We didn't know you started it. If you're already public about it, you would even have a little more effort to ensure that it works. Because people are aware. But any small fight, you are going to break up. Because it's a secret thing. It will spoil. Like I said, the relationship where I said, I know old public, make it no spoil. It don't spoil. Don't spoil. What would they say? What would my job, what would my boss say? God is calling you out of your employment. But you allow sentiments to hold you back. Destiny has no emotions. Destiny has no feelings. It has no zero feelings. It doesn't feel anything. That's destiny. It doesn't feel friendship. It doesn't feel company. It doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel hate. It doesn't feel. It just feels destiny. Whether your friends love you for it, whether they support you or not, whether they think you are right or not, whether they think you are doing well or not, it doesn't care. That's what God says you should do. So you leave friends behind. You must be sure to leave friends behind. You must be ready to leave friends behind. The day you make a choice for destiny, you're going to lose friends. You don't want to lose friends, you're going to stay where you are. You will lose friends because destiny is going to call you out of friendship. There are people that will not be your friends anymore. There are people that love you but will not be able to work with you again because you chose destiny instead of that. You must be very careful and choose your losses wisely. You cannot choose and not lose. For every choice, there must be a loss. The problem is people don't want to lose anything. So they end up their life losing everything. You must lose. You must lose. Buchi, you will lose friends. When you choose destiny, you lose friends. Jesus Christ lost friends. And there are no sentiments, there are no emotions. When I stood in our church, when I was going to leave, our church had lights. I stood on the stage, I looked at the lights. I said, ah, Philip, these lights may not shine on you for a while, but I'm ready to lose it. I looked, at this, I looked at the lights, they were shining on me. Nobody was there, I was talking to myself. I said, if you leave now, these lights are not going to shine on you for a while. I said, applause, people, you know, because the church, the large church, people were there. 
I said, people, people may not clap for you because you're going to start with six people. We're just six. I said, but I give myself five years. This light will shine on me again. I did it in less than one year. The light shone on me in less than one year. So I left the light to gain my light. People have held on to other people's things that has no future. God is calling you out. He's calling out of your place. Calling and say, come and do this, come and do that. You say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm afraid. I don't want my boss to be angry with me. You don't want your boss to be angry with you. But God can be angry with you. You know when I make up my mind that I was going to leave my office? <laughs> God has been calling me out of my office for a long. I was saying, no, you know, the sentiments. People, people. Abraham took lots. You know, I'm a responsible person. I know what to do, what is right. And is that a sense of, that stupid sense of responsibility? Is that what, that was going to kill you now? God said, come out of here. He said, no. You know, the people here are not yet perfect. I, I, have, a, I have an assignment to help them. God said, come out of that place. He said, no, they are not yet spiritual enough. I want to help them grow. You know, when they help them grow, God said, come out. God told me what he said. It's arrogant. He said, you are proud. He said, the thought in your head that I cannot get someone else to do this work. I said, leave that place. I'm done with you there. I said, no, they are not ready yet. I said, leave that place. And I left. Saying, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want a station where everybody will be angry. And so you stay there. Abraham took lot, took it. That sense of responsibility. Sense of responsibility. And God says, come out. Don't allow the sense of responsibility to overrun God's sense of instruction. So Abraham took lot with him. Do you know the, lot, the life of Lot was destroyed? You know Lot was a young child. Sincerely, Abraham was Lot's uncle. And that was, that's what is responsible. Any responsible uncle should have known better to take Lot with him. But what is responsible is not what is commanded. He says, leave your family behind. That's what's commanded, not what's responsible. How many of you know that Lot ended his life a wreck? His children slept with him, his daughters. He, was a, he, was a ter- he ended his life terribly. Do you know that it would have been better if they left him in awe of Chadians? How many of you think that if they left him with the remaining family? <laughs> Maybe his children will not sleep with him there. He will not end up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, there is no reasonable thing you can write about Lot in scriptures. If they say, they say, remember Lot's wife, it's for evil. So, we're doing something they call ISO there, you know, ISO. International Organization for Standardization. I was the head of non contentious departments. You know, I'm the head of, I can't leave my, where I am, I'm the head of, <laughs> admin of the WhatsApp group. <laughs> I cannot leave the WhatsApp group, I'm the admin. <laughs> oh, God. Uselessness. See the mighty thing that God is calling you to. You add on to this rubbish. So I stayed there. I said, no, 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 no. They are not done with this process. I want to ensure that they get, you know, a reasonable point where I can say yes of a truth. We have really achieved that. That was what I was saying. Until I sneaked in on my boss's daughter who was working with us. My boss's daughter. She was working with us then. I was staying back and said, no, I can't leave. We must ensure that this thing works. She's also part of the team. I sneaked in on her, sending a CV for jobs at FRS. I said, eh, 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 eh. eh. Even the, the daughter is looking for another job. I'm, I'm here. I said, no, I cannot, I cannot put somebody else's load on my head. I can't even hold down. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Small is enough in another man's team. They call you to come and eat. Don't eat everything. <laughs> you eat small and go. Don't hold your hand. Sentiments, attachment to things, attachment to places. 
That's why Israelites did not build permanent structures in the wilderness. Because they were not where they were going yet. Stop getting attached to emotions around people. Attached to emotions around things. So if you have stayed back in places because of the people there, you don't want to hurt their feelings. You enter the bus, going to Lagos. That's where you want to go. But then it says, you see, welcome to Benway. You say you don't want to hurt the feelings of people in the bus by coming down. <laughs> Do you know them before? It's not in this bus that you people met. Ah, so you are going to stake your destiny on the account of a temporary company. When did you join that office? When did you join that company? When did you join that church? They born you there. I entered in for philosophy. I wanted to study law. I was given philosophy in the Bible Law University. So I studied philosophy. And I was doing fantastic well in philosophy. I was first class in philosophy. Because I can argue and I can argue very logically. And that's what that philosophy is about. Very sharp reasoning. And I have the Holy Ghost too. Makes it better. I'm telling you, it makes it better. I had the best results in the faculty. It's got about 96 over 100 in an essay question. Powerful. Then my second jam came out and I scored 280 something. And I was taking for law. So now this is the question. Should I go back for law or should I stay in philosophy? I was doing well in philosophy. Should I go for law? People are saying, now if you go back for law, five years. Law is five years. After one, two, three, four, five you now go to law school again. Ha! Six years by then, this your mates in philosophy would have served. And they say, you know, in philosophy you can walk anywhere. That's the first sign to do a useless course. <laughs> you can walk anywhere. <laughs> That's the first sign. <laughs> so you can walk anywhere. <laughs> it's a useless course. <laughs> So, should I go back to law? Should I stay back? Should I go back to law? Should I stay in philosophy? Should I go back to law? My lecturers called me and said, You see, the knowledge of philosophy. I was diligent. I didn't want to hurt my lecturer. I didn't want to have made friends in philosophy. How would they feel? They feel that if they feel rejected, they feel abandoned. Am I their savior? Am I their Jesus? And I was there. So I went to God in prayer. Now I said, Lord, what are you saying? God said, I'll ask you a question. What did you come to this university to study? I said, law, sir. He said, what are you studying? I said, philosophy. He said, do you have a opportunity to study law now? I said, yes. He said, this is your mate. When did you meet them? I said, this year. I said, so you met these people this year? Believing that God was speaking. My father said, I cannot. Uh, and your life has been aged around what your parents say. And you know that this is not what God wants. That's what happened to Jonathan. Jonathan chose Saul and he died with Saul. Jonathan knew that David was the king. He said, you'll be the king. I'll be your second in command. God already revealed it to Jonathan. He could have just chosen David and have reigned with David. But he allowed sentiments and attachment to his father ruined his life. Jonathan didn't do anything wrong. He didn't have to die. But you'll die with who you choose. You'll die with them. Be careful who you choose. Be careful the church you choose. Be careful who you follow. Be careful. Don't allow things attached to you today. Rise on your feet. We're going to begin to bless God. Just thank Him for His word. It's worthy of our praise. We give you all the praise, Jesus. Tell Him, Lord, I receive the spirit of courage to step into the things that you've called me to. Tonight I receive it. The spirit of faith. My Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 
You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SL Church NG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church. 